I'm Daniel Vinspicky. I'm Dave Zuliger. And this is Pastoring Out Loud. Out Loud! A podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Campus in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Yes. That's great. That's great, Peter. Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash locations forward slash south dash campus. Peter's excited. He's never done a podcast before. Yeah, Peter's never done a podcast before. So, uh, (laughs) as you can tell by uh, the the multitude of voices, (laughs) we have other people in the room with us in addition to uh, Dave and myself. We have Stacy. Stacy Thorpe uh, is here present with us. Say hi, Stacy. Hi. Stacy is married to Peter Thorpe, who is with us as well. Stacy is the coordinator for counseling care here at the South Campus. Peter is the chair of the elder board and um, recent exerciser of self-control. And uh, we also have Nick Rowan, who is the director for adult discipleship and neighborhood outreach, as well as an elder on the elder council. And our topic today for the podcast is, oh, I almost forgot to ask my question. You threw me off there, Peter. Sweet. That's great. That's great. Nick. If you were to liken Peter and Stacy <laughs> to fictional duo, mm. who would it be? There's things like, you know, fictional duo. Batman and Robin, Hawkeye and Black Widow. There's also, you know, non-fictional characters, you know, things like uh, Alexander Hamilton and Eliza Hamilton. Uh, who are they? Who, who are they? You're, you're not up on, on stuff lately, are you, Peter? No. Nick, you got anybody that comes to mind? <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> All right, I, I think that they're most like Hawkeye and Black Widow. I think uh, Peter is precise. Hawkeye had a wife, though. He, he did. That's true. That's why this analogy breaks <laughs> like, down. Do you even know what his wife's name was, though? Uh, no, I don't. Stacey. They had two kids. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it was Stacy. Like Hawkeye and Black Widow. Like uh, I think you with your precision, um, you know, Stacy with her counseling ninja moves. Just really, really clear. Well, we're off to a great start. <laughs> I agree. So let's. This, this is really, really fine. It's just what we do on this podcast. That's right. So we're here today to talk about the 2020 vision, which is here at Bethlehem. We are hoping to vote on July 26th to formally change job descriptions uh, for Dave and Jason and Steven and Ken. Why are we doing that, Dave? What's, what are we voting to change about your job description? So the 2020 vision is uh, the elders uh, putting forward to the congregation that we think it will be better to do campus-specific live preaching and campus-specific quarterly strategy meetings uh, the texts that are kind of governing our convictions are from Acts 20, 28, where it tells us to pay careful attention to the flock as elders, and then 1 Peter 5, where it's a shepherd, the flock of God among you. And so over the past few years, the elders have felt a burden to know and care for the flock more deeply. We also feel a burden, and sometimes we forget this in the 2020 vision, that the, the congregation would feel their responsibility more deeply. And so that's where we look at the quarterly strategy meetings and we're, we're hoping for more involvement, more buy-in, more engagement 
from the congregation. So this really is a two-way street where we're saying we want to do church together uh, better. We want to we wanna love you and know you better and speak to you, therefore, more specifically in our contexts, uh, more effectively, we believe, with campus-specific preaching, not, not just as the, the preaching pastor, but also the whole elder team. And we want you to step up and be even more engaged with us. So that's the 2020 vision, more engagement from the pastors and the congregation for a healthier, blood-bought family. Way to throw that phrase in at the nice. end there, Dave. That was, that was good. Did you practice that? Hashtag. Was that? No, it just is so natural. I say it so, so much. Natural. It's true. Um, rewind. I think uh, one of the things um, you said, Dave, was that you're not going to preach every single week. Like, this is not a job description that's going to bind you to you 52 weeks a year preparing a sermon. Is, is that true? Yeah, it is true. Are, I mean, are you okay with that, not preaching every week? I am. I love to preach, but I also think one of the blessings will be for our people to hear more often from other self-elders who know them and love them and feel a burden to shepherd them as well. And I think it won't only be on Sundays. I think it'll open up more opportunities for the team on Wednesday nights and Sunday school classes and things as well. So it's just good for us to hear different voices because it's God's word we want to follow, not a certain personality or person. Amen. So Peter... You've been on the Elder Council now three, four, or five years, somewhere in that range, and certainly have sat on Elder meetings where, uh, especially over, what, the last year, probably, we've talked about this? Where, give us a little bit of history from your experience on, like, how did this come about? When did this come about? Um, you know, were there smaller conversations, and then there was a bigger conversation? What do you, mm-hmm. what did you perceive? Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, I joined the council in the spring of 2016, and there was an elder retreat uh, in the spring of 2016, and we talked about how we're doing with shepherding our people. We talked about how we're knowing our people, how we're caring for our people, and uh, we had a good discussion, and uh, we had a similar discussion probably 13 months later in August 2017, and from that, we kind of said, okay, we, we need to do something. We can't just talk about this, and so... Uh, we worked on it for about six, seven months, and in early 2018, then we rolled out our um, a little bit more of an intentional care plan. Um, you say we, South Campus? South Campus yeah. uh, rolled elders um, were assigned to specific households uh, that we were um, responsible to follow up, love, care, shepherd them, and so that was... Uh, maybe the genesis of some of this stuff as far as just being more uh, intentional to care for the flock that is among us, as as Dave mentioned. And so I think that was where uh, some of this stuff started, 2018, and then uh, Dave came in the fall of 2018 and uh, kind of, I felt like, poured gas on some of what we were doing and made it better and made it more robust. And so out of that, though, all this to say, then there was a, a growing conviction that we wanted our um, care to be more localized here at the South Campus. And I think then, um, as we talked about it, um, it made sense then that some of our um, preaching increasingly should be from the South Campus, uh, where there's an elder from the South Campus that knows the people that is on those South Campus elder meetings uh, that has a, a, a good pulse on where this flock is at and can, can, can shepherd them. So I don't know, that would be maybe a quick overview from the last four or five years. 
Yeah, and I think there's been some smaller conversations over the years. Certainly, you rewind for me, in August 2014, I was interviewed by the South Elder Council, having just finished seminary, to come down and be the coordinator for youth and family discipleship, um, and then later became director, later pastor. And one of the questions that was posed to me by Kloss, how do you, what would you like to see improve or change at South Campus? And uh, in, in not so many words, I essentially said, it would be great if we had more uh, ability to speak from the pulpit to our own context, whatever that might look like. It would be great if we, as individual campuses, could handle uh, a lot of our own business at our own business meeting. So certainly for at least... Coming up I on don't six like years. that term, business meetings. Strategy meeting, family uh, meeting. Yeah, family meetings. Yeah, family meetings. Family right. meetings. Yeah, we're having one of those uh, here tonight. Yeah, tonight. family yeah. family meeting. This will be published well after that uh, happens. But hoping uh, yeah, that we continue to see each other more like a blood-bought family in our own context. So these two changes constitute what the 2020 vision is right now. Nick, Stacy. Are you guys excited about this? Well, I'm excited for some of the things that you've already said, um, getting to hear from elders that are at our own campus. Um, you know, to compare it to something in my world, so Ed Welch says that biblical counseling is knowing scripture and knowing a person and bringing those two things together. And I think that's there's a little bit of a comparison in preaching with that, in knowing the people that yeah. you're preaching to. Yeah. And so I think that hearing from Dave or Daniel or um, any of the other elders um, that have spent time with people from South during the week, counseling, meetings, just hospitality together, that they will be able to um, speak the word to us that we need to hear um, and just be more pointed in application. And then I think with the family meetings, as we've talked about, I think it's going to just um, as a member, um, I'm going to be more invested because I know what's going on at my campus. Like if we need to vote on, you know, discipline cases or, or new elders or things. I'm not voting on something or somebody that I don't really know about on a different campus. That's been really challenging. So I think it's just going to, yeah, I, I'm excited for it for all of those reasons. Nick, yeah. not only exegeting text, but exegeting people. Yeah. What, why is that important? Why is it important that we not well, it's only... Funny, it's funny that you say that, because I have First Thessalonians chapter 2 pulled up right in front of me right now. Is it First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8? Yes. What? <laughs> it is. No way. So it, it, which is the one that I've been thinking about uh, as I think about my excitement for the 2020 vision. It says, so being affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our very selves. Because you'd become very dear to us. So it's not just just sharing the gospel. It's sharing ourselves and um, having a personal relationship with our people as the elders. That's what pastoring is. And the more that we can tie what that relationship to the pulpit and the preaching and applying um, the word of God in specific context to the life of our campus and our people yeah. just seems like a huge win. Um, and it even continues in verse 11. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God. So he says, we exhorted each one of you. 
which implies that relationship and that sharing of their very selves with one another. So it just seems like um, tying the life of the church to the pulpit that way is the faithful, biblical uh, thing that, that Paul is talking about all the time. Um, and, and that applies even to the, the business meetings, like, like Stacy said. I got to know Family someone. meetings. Family meetings, sorry. Sorry, Peter. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I, have to, I have to know someone in order to be able to know whether I can affirm their faith or not. Yeah. Um, and whether I can, um, you know, encourage them in the faith and be call them brother and sister. And, and I can't do that as well with someone who's at the North Campus or downtown as I can with someone here who's here at the South Campus. Um, so I think we're moving towards greater faithfulness, and I think we're moving towards greater um, just ability to do family life together and be healthy uh, in this vision. I just think too is we're talking too that there's a we're, we're doing some of this during our services too. When we're doing things like pastoral prayers, we are we're we're specific to the the needs of of our people that we know. We're not just saying uh, ambiguous uh, random things that we think somebody might be struggling with from a, a suffering or a sin level. I have specific people in mind, or you guys, I'm sure, have specific people in mind when you're when you're praying. Uh, those prayers on on a Sunday morning. Uh, so we're we're already doing some of this at, in our services, and I think preaching is just another way uh, during that service that we can be doing some of these things. Yeah, I mean, in our pastoral prayer, yep. we are praying for people. By I mean, I just did mm-hmm. last Sunday, like I prayed for multiple people, mm-hmm. healthcare workers and yep. others. Um, yeah, you know, and I think we're regularly doing that. It's just kind of we're extending that sort of intentionality and con- contextualization, really. Right. to now the pulpit and to our business-slash-family meetings. Family business meetings. Family business meetings! Oh, oh I love that. Every business. <clears throat> so, Dave, talk a little bit about if this vote goes through and your job description changes, what might it look like going forward as far as what will be preached on? Uh, are you thinking exposition through books of the Bible, occasional topical series, um, just whatever you felt like on Saturday night, you know, after, you know, you kind of prayed and prepared real fast. What, what are the uh, what are the options or what are you thinking as lead pastor and potential, you know, now preaching and vision pastor for uh, South Campus? Yeah, I mean, my my conviction is that it's most helpful for the the diet of the church to just be preaching through books of the Bible. I think it's helpful to go between different genres, not just Old and New Testament, but uh, epistles and gospels and different genres to get... Apocalypse. Sure, maybe at some point we can do some of that. And uh, yeah, just to, to give, to give the, to preach the full counsel of God. To, I love seeing how the Bible fits together. I love seeing the storyline of the Bible. I think it helps people. So, so a lot of what I did at Sojourners when I was there for five years preaching most Sundays was Old Testament, then New Testament, and then occasionally... Uh, you you do stop and you 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 grab a topic that you think is relevant for your people. So maybe you maybe you do four work, four weeks on prayer, or we did a series called "By Grace You've Been Saved," where we talked about what's the order of salvation and why does that matter for our church and what we believe. Every sermon we preach at Bethlehem is going to be expositional, meaning we want to we're going to preach from a text and we're going to try to get the main point of the text, even if we're preaching through a topic or a series. So even when we talk about that, you know, I'm always we're always going to be text based, and I'm I'm just excited to settle in and 
preach through some books of the Bible and let the Word speak to us um, wherever we're at that week. And it's, it's just amazing how often it's, it's timely, you know, in this season of, uh, of COVID and lots of questions about things. And, you know, this week, I, uh, because it's the next text, I get to preach on submitting to the government. Um, and so just uh, the Lord will providentially take you where he needs to, uh, like he does in our devotionals, like, you know, in, in the life of the believer. But I, I just am a big believer on go through the books of the Bible. It makes you deal with things that you otherwise might not be prone to. It keeps you away from hobby horses, and it, and it helps you with the full counsel of God being proclaimed. Good. Amen. So that's the change that we're hoping to make on July 26th formally by changing Dave's and the other pastor's job descriptions when, Peter, are we talking about potentially making a change to having family business meetings at uh, the South Campus? Yeah, there's a few more hurdles that we need to jump over with bylaws and constitution stuff. And so there's a process as far as letting the congregation know, I want to say 90 days before we actually make such a change. And so we need to present that to the congregation uh, so that hopefully we can vote on it by the end of this calendar year uh, with a hope that we could start those in 2021 sometime. So, right. And for this particular uh, family business meeting on the 26th, which is just a few days after this podcast will be published, how are we doing that different? What is, what is different about this particular meeting? Are you just talking about where we're meeting? Yeah, where? <laughs> where and how? Are, yeah. are we all going to the downtown campus? Uh, about uh, 60 or 70 of us or less from the South no, Campus? It, it's, it's actually good uh, for yeah. people to hear some of the wrestling of it. So we, um, you know, our, our bylaws talk about um, people who are going to vote being present together. And, and so in April, um, we weren't able to do that. And so as we've approached July... We've been wrestling with what the best option is because um, the way that's been kind of interpreted historically is actually in the same room present together. Um, but either way, as we kind of got towards July, we, we realized we're going to be, uh, because no one's ever written bylaws for a pandemic, um, we realized we're going to be kind of out of step either way because we're also uh, out of step with our constitution and bylaws and we don't meet. And so we're already out of step in April. And so we're wrestling with, as we come to July, do we want to be out of step by not meeting again? <laughs> or do we want to be out of step um, by trying to have a meeting where in good conscience we can accommodate as many people as possible? And so what we decide is instead of trying to fit just a limited number of people downtown for such an important meeting, we decided well, let's, let's meet at each of the campuses, which will allow more people to be involved. Um, let's, let's connect it. Uh, via our live stream capability so that the three campuses will be connected digitally so that every campus will be able to see what's going on at the other campuses. And we're still working out exactly what that's going to look like, but we, we think we can do it in a way that is people feel involved and can hear from one another. And then we said, but because of the way our bylaws read, and we want to stay as close to those as possible, we're only going to allow people to vote if they're actually present at the meeting, able to uh, able to hear it and see it. The, the elders wrestled with it and realized there were no perfect options right now, um, but we think this, this keeps us as faithful to that idea of being present in the room together and also allowing us to meet, which we really wanted to do and not miss two of those in a row. Yeah, we're excited about this uh, for a whole lot of different reasons. 
but mainly just out of a desire for care for the congregation that God has called us to serve. Um, so definitely excited as we continue in these uncertain days with pandemics and all kinds of other things going on. Um, just how do we walk in faithfulness before God? Anything that anybody else would like to say about the 2020 vision? I would just add, I think I'm, I'm excited for the new role that Ken Curry is going to be uh, positioned to. He's moving from the downtown campus pastor to the back to the strategic or pastor for strategic implementation. And I'm excited about that because I think that's going to really serve us south by him being a, a conduit between the operations and the global outreach and church planting. The South elders now are going to have a, an advocate to help us as we work through to contextualize those things at the South campus in Ken Curry. So yes, we've been working with Kenny uh, Stokes with church planting, and yes, we've met with Brad Nelson with global outreach, but, but hopefully Ken Curry is going to help that um, bridge uh, and contextualize, help us as a campus contextualize some of those things. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited that he gets to f be free to do some of those uh, types of things. And I'm excited for what that means for those kinds of ministries and outreaches um, here at the South Campus. So Peter, if people want to know more about the 2020 vision, do we have like a website or something set up where people can read a lot and watch a lot? Uh, there's a web page on a website that people can go to. Okay, what is that? Uh, it's a URL that you can type into a browser and it gets you there. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> Bethlehem.Church and there's a slash and uh, is it 2020 Vision? It is. And there you go. Bethlehem.Church. 2020 B-I-S-I-O-N. 2020 B-I-S-I-O-N. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for spelling that out so clearly, Peter. <laughs> there are no excuses that. for people to not find it. <laughs> Well, I think that's all we have for today, guys. Thanks so much, all of you, this uh, Mary Ensemble friend, joining us today. Thanks, Daniel. Out loud. Pastor, out loud. Thanks for joining us. Here.